For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? Or who hath first given to him? And it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him, and through him, and to him, are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you um, for this day that you have made for us to rejoice in your presence. We thank you for the precious word that is light to our path. Um, Lord, as we, as we seek to understand um, what is your goal of the, of the family, guide us and um, put these words in our minds and hearts that it is of you and through you and to you are all things. Amen. Today's topic uh, is part of the Practical Christian Living uh, series, and it will be about the family, uh, the God-centered family. Um, and, and I think the family is a precious thing. Every, if, you, if you say this word to people, more than 99% of the chances people will say the family is a good thing, is a beautiful thing. And uh, even the non-Christian movies, non-Christian movies, non-Christian literature, novels, or uh, uh, any sort of, of literature now or media uh, production, many of them, they praise the family. You would see this, this movie or this series that talks about a, a, a man who's a father who has been very busy in his life and he has been ignoring his family, but suddenly he realized that the family is more important, and it's about the family. And the, the good ending of the movie is that when the father returns to his family. And it, it doesn't need to be a Christian movie. And they stress the family. The same for a young man or young woman who has been trying to live alone. Uh, they went with their friends, they destroyed their lives, they suffered from loneliness, but then they discovered that the value is in the family, and the good thing is to return to the family. And you can see this in secular media production. It's about the family. And suddenly the family became the first, the, the most important thing in itself. In itself. It's about the family. And again, the family is a, is a beautiful thing. And we'll talk about this in details now. But... The question that we need to ask ourselves, what would be wrong with this if the most important thing in life is the family? Suddenly you'll find the family becomes an idol in itself. Without Christ in view, without understanding that it is from him or of him or through him and to him, it becomes an idol. And, and this, is, this is the problem of sin. Sin does not only make us to, to make idols of bad things, like drugs or adultery or, or immoral life. The, the sinfulness of sin is that it can make good things, good gifts of the Lord as idols for us to worship. Very subtle, very subtle. Calvin says, I think you have heard this many, many times, that the heart of a man is a factory of of idols. We are experts of making idols, of the good things that God gives us. 
Money is a good gift. Um, jobs are good gifts. The family is a, group, is a good gift from the Lord. And we can turn it to an idol. If our family becomes the most important thing in my life, then it's an idol. It can be an idol. But the right way of, of thinking about these good gifts of God, that we think of them as, as being of God, from God, and through God, and to God. And we want to apply these three principles, of him or from him, through him, to him, to our families. What does this mean? First of all, the families are of God, from God. From the very beginning, God is the one who created family. It is his idea, right? He's the one who gave uh, Eve to Adam. He brought her to him. And this applies to your family. If you are married today, your spouse is a gift from God. Your spouse is a gift from God. It is from God. He is the one who created the family. Not only your, your spouse, your children. The one who, who opens the womb to give children is God. He is the one who gives this gift. In fact, for, for any one of us to have this desire to create a family, this desire is from God. He puts this desire in our hearts to, to make families. Um, God is the one who gives not only the desire, the strength to create it. For a man to work hard, to, to, to have a house, to have a place to stay in, to provide the food, uh, to have children, and to have a companion, help meet with him, to do this. This is a gift. It's a gift from God. Do you remember Job? In Job chapter 1, when all the children of Job died, what did he say? It's from him. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. So the family is a gift from him. It is from him. It's not by own, our own strength. It's not our own ideas. It's from him. Um, even non-Christians... They have this desire to create families. Where did this come from? It's from God. So the first thing, it is from him. It's of him. The second, it's through God. It's through God. In order for each member in the family to do his role or her role in the right way, as a child, as a parent, as a spouse, as a sibling, in order to do our role, we need to see what the Lord teaches, what the Lord says in his word about this role, how this should be done. How this should be done. From the very beginning, from Genesis, the Lord determines the, the role of the husband will be so-and-so, he'll be the head, he'll be the protector, he'll be the provider to his family. And he assigned the role of the, of the wife. She will be a helpmate. She will submit to her husband. She will help him to accomplish the mission that the Lord has given him. So he's the one who enables us to live as he wants. He's the one who teaches us what does it mean to be a family. 
And if you go away from his directions, the family will be a mess. And problems will take place. Divisions will, will take place. And instead of enjoying the family as it should be, the family becomes a burden. So it is through his word, through his instructions, and through his power, we can live as godly family. Even before, before sin, Adam would live as God wants him to live as long as he obeys God's commandments. God enables him to do this. And now after the fall, being sinful, all of us, how can we do this apart from God's grace and God's spirit? That we live a family as God wants us to live it is through him through his enablement we can live as a family that glorifies him or reflects what his design for the family that's why the family needs god's word to understand how to live and the family needs to pray asking for god's help lord enable us as fathers you need god's help to be a good father, to be a good husband, to be a godly husband or a father. The same applies for women. The same applies for children. Lord, I, I'm always in conflicts with my father. I'm always in conflicts with my mother. Help me. What does it mean to be a son or a daughter? Every Lord's Day, we hear God's word. Honor your father and your mother, right? The Lord is teaching us. What does it mean to be a son, a daughter? Uh, if the word of God is not, is not the basis for our values and the thoughts of the family, the family will not live as God wants. And you know what? Every family has its kind of significant characteristic. If I ask all of you, what is the most well-known thing of your family, where you, where you grew up, or your family now? What is the thing that characterizes your family? When, when you think of your family, what comes to your mind? What is, what is very central in your family? Some families, the very central thing is they watch a movie every night, for instance. Or they play games every night. Or they, they play kind of sports every two or three days a week. This, this family, when you think of this family, or when I think of this family, this comes to my mind. What, is, what comes to your mind? What is very central in your family? Is the word of God something central in your family or not? He's talking about God and his kingdom and the word is something central that characterizes the family or, or not? Can you, can you say, well, my family lives or persists because of God, through God? It is through him. It is through him. The family exists. And finally, the family is to God. To God. Uh, 
as we said from the beginning, the family is a gift from him. It's a gift from him. Uh, and God puts in our hearts the desire to create families. Uh, but sometimes this gift becomes an idol and we just live for it. And the goal, the goal in our lives becomes just the family. It ends here. And this would be a problem. The family is not the goal. The family is not the end. In fact, the Lord is giving us the family to point us to many things. Many things. He's teaching us many things through the family. He's putting some emotions in our hearts, in our lives, through the family, in order to, to lift our eyes to something else. You would understand what does it mean for God to be a father. When you are a father. Or when you have a father. And you see the love of the father. You will have a glimpse of the fatherhood. You will have a glimpse of the filiation of being a son or a daughter. So that when the Lord will tell us, you are my children. You would understand. I have a glimpse of how this would look like. When you love your wife, when you love, when you protect your wife, when you provide for your wife, when you are faithful to your wife, you understand what does it mean for Christ that he loves the church. He would die, he died for her, and I would die for my wife. He protects her. He provides for her. You would have an idea, a simple idea, a glimpse of it. So the Lord is teaching us through the family. He's teaching us about who he is. The father and the son. He's, he's giving us a glimpse of what it looks like. He's teaching us about his relationship to his people. He's teaching us what is the relation between Christ and the church. He's teaching us. He's teaching us what does it mean to have an elder brother. When it says that Christ is our elder brother. Those who have brothers, especially elder brothers, who protected them in their schools or when they were playing against other people. And then they hear that Christ is my elder brother. They would understand what does this mean. They would have a glimpse of it. So the Lord is teaching us through the families. In fact, this family, the fa your, your small family in the house, is pointing to another family. What is this other bigger family? It's the church. The church is a family. So that when the word of God says that we are brothers and sisters, that we live together, we serve each other, we work together, we are not guests. You would have an idea. Yes, this is what we do at, in home. But as we have heard this morning, the church, even the church, this big family, the church is not Jesus. The church is not your savior. Jesus is your savior. And Jesus is your goal. So, so do our families. They are not goals in themselves. They are for God. They point us to God. They show us the love of God. And if you, if you miss with this, if you, if you use the means to be a goal, this is idolatry. This is idolatry. Think of this. Your marriage is temporal. 
It's momentary. One day, it will be no more. And you will live with God forever. There will be no marriages. The goal of the marriage is to point to a greater marriage between Christ and the church. And when the greater picture takes place, your marriage will not continue. And even your family, your family now, your children in the house, your siblings, your parents, a great gift of God. But this will not stay forever. The bigger family will stay forever. Your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ will be brothers and sisters with you forever. And the small family is pointing you to this bigger family. So what is, what is the goal of your family? Why, why, why do you have your family now? Or why do you want to create or to start a new family? We have to ask ourselves this question. Is it God-centered? It is, is it, do, do I realize that it is from him? And for it to sustain, it has to be through him, through his words, through his empowering, through his spirit. And it's for his glory. All this is for you, O oh Lord. My children, my wife, this body is for you. So, families are either an idol that we are worshipping or we are worshipping God through our families. We know our, our Lord more and more through our families. I will close with this text in Luke 14. We have heard this text many times, speaking about Christ inviting for, for the meal, starting from verse 12 in Luke 14. Then said he also to him that bade him, when thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest thee also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. And thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed in the resurrection of the just. And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto them, A certain man made a great supper, and bade many, and sent his servants at supper time, to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they say, and they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. Business, work, job. I'm not coming. I'm, I'm busy. It's an idol. He's not saying I'm going to sin. I'm not going to, to do some crimes. I have some work to do. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. Same. But listen to verse 20. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. 
so that the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house being angry, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house be made filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. And one of these men is the one who said, I married a wife. I'm busy with my family. I'm living for my family. The family is not a goal. It's a means to glorify God. It is of him and through him and to him. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for, for the gift of the family. Lord, it's from you. The, the power, the desire to create the family is from you. Lord, our spouses are from you. Our children are from you. Our parents, our siblings are from you. We thank you for all the feelings that you have put in our hearts because of these relationships. Thank you for tasting this kind of love. And Lord, we confess that without you, we cannot live as a family that reflects who you are and your design. Root us, O oh Lord, in your, in your word. Show us our weakness so that we may come on our knees, seek your face, asking your guidance and your help and your wisdom as we live as a family. And Lord, remind us that this is momentary, that this is for some time, but one day, one day, we will be part of this bigger family forever with our elder brother and our heavenly father. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen.